Hey, what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill Podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> We have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Uh, Stover's calling in, but I believe I'm limited to just four people, maybe, on Skype. Is that right? Hmm. Let's see. Let's see if I can add him here. Okay. Add. All right. Let's see what happens here. I have no idea. He might be getting called. Let's see what happens. It's all standby. Stover? No, not there yet. Stover? Hello? Stover, you there? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. There he is. Right, now I got to figure out how to get Doug back into normal. Well, I don't who care cares? about Doug. I, I know, but I mean, you know, for Silver, I just helped you out. That's right. <laughs> and you were asking what a snowflake was, Greg. Yeah. I'm a snowflake. So, well, evidently so am I. Somebody that thinks they're special, but we're really not. Yeah. But, you know, it's our time of the year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right, especially here in Cleveland or wherever it's cold. Um, you're part of the Embedded Correspondence Christmas Special, by the way, just calling in on the phone from the Pacific Northwest is Stover Harger the Third, or SH3, as he is affectionately referred to here on this show. Uh, Stover, mm-hmm. do, do you have any thoughts on any of the stuff that we have covered so far in the first hour that you wanted to weigh in on, or do you have some topics you would like to bring to the table right off right off the rip? Well, uh, for the first half of the show, I was watching the second half of Mary Poppins' Return, so <laughs> I didn't quite catch most of it. Uh, but I do have something to bring to the table. Uh, right. You got a lightning round sound effect there, Greg? Do I? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to? <laughs> this is a very original segment I'm bringing to the table here, and I'm going to hit you with the lightning round coming at you. First question, Greg. Yeah. Would you rather eat oatmeal cookies or die in a chimney? Eat oatmeal cookies. All right. Okay. Next question. Would you rather open fun presents or die by choking on reindeer dung? Choking on reindeer dung. Okay. Last question. <laughs> Would you rather enjoy a pleasant evening with family or be eaten by the Grinch? Oh, eaten by the Grinch, of course. Just for the shock value alone. Of course. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
Well, that was my segment. That's it. <laughs> do you do you want to do a talk out now? I have the the talk out music up. All right, you've been listening to Stover's Lightning Round, the most original segment ever in the history of barbecue podcasting. I mean, shows or is it a podcast? I'm out. The best music, by the way. Hey, I'm, I'm still here, Greg. I know. I couldn't. I could just listen to that show all day. The, the electronic <laughs> clapping in that song is just unbelievably well placed. So, uh, Stover, how was your I, how was your Christmas? My Christmas is great. It's still going on. You know, I'm three hours ahead from you. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I'm not wine deep like the rest of the boys. Uh, best Christmas gift? Oh, check this out, Greg. And the rest of the guys are going to like this. I got my very first meat grinder. Isn't that uh, that app? That uh, no, Oh, wait. <laughs> meat grinder. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, worst, I'm gonna wor- grind up that brisket. Worst, worst gift of the night, day. Well, considering I'm I'm in my mom's guest bedroom on the phone right now, I'm not gonna call out any gifts I received from my family or loved ones. <laughs> yeah, smart man. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm a delicate snowflake, Greg. I heard that. So am I. So all right, let's get back into some more topics that we can banter back and forth about. Uh, and let's uh, well, let's start with you, Sover, since you're calling in for the segment here. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about uh, sous vide. Uh, we saw in 2017, I thought it was really starting to take off, and it was at least in the beginning of the year to mid year really trending up. And then I think by the end of the year, I had called for its trend down or actually out by the end of 2017. Did not out by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's probably found its life footing at this point i don't think it's going to go up or down any more than it is without some type of a major game changer which for what it is i don't know how much more you could change it it's already on its own app you can control it through a phone that's pretty much where your life expectancy is going to be at now so are you a sous vide for or a sous vide against a barbecue and or grilling or just in general stove uh you know, I'm never going to be smirch another foodie trend because, uh, you know, I'll never put it past myself to try something, uh, you know, but I, I think it is a trend. It's fashionable to use a word that no one else understands. I get this. It's fun. Uh, however, when it comes to equipment, I don't have any counter space. I don't want another piece of something in my house. Uh, we've already decided, we've already figured out how to cook these things. Why do we keep, uh, keep needing to be tinkering, you know, plus, it's a little too close to simmering for me. Like Doug, cooking in water. Doug, are we for or against sous vide? Uh, I'm for sous vide, and I am actually really surprised it hasn't taken off more than it has because uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't, you know, like Stover says, they don't know what the hell it is. And, uh, you know, and as we talked about in last month in terms of heating up barbecue and things like that. So um, my wife actually got me some reusable sous vide bags that I can put barbecue in and you can reuse these bags to heat up. So she she actually is encouraging me to uh, to use my sous vide uh, uh, machine a little more. Steve Ray, yes or no? For uh, or against? I am for sous vide if, if you want to cook at home and and prepare it that way or i know a lot of chefs use it to to really um uh cook a lot of steaks if they're like a banquet but i think they need to outlaw them at um competitions 
Uh, I know they're legal at State Cookoff Association. I don't know if the new KCBS state contest will make them legal, but I think they need to be ruled illegal at those. And let's put the steaks back on the grill where they belong in competition. If why if if there's rules that say any by any means necessary, then what do you care? I just I just don't think it's 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 it shows a talent. You throw a steak in a plastic bag, you set the water at 135 degrees, and you let it sit there, and then you pull it out, and then you you brown it on both sides, you turn it in. But whoop de do. That's who, who cooking. Can't? What are you talking about? <laughs> Who said that? Would you heat something up and make it taste good? I just don't think you ought to do it in a competition. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not down at it if you want to do it at, the, at your house. If you're too lazy to do a whole steak out there on the grill. <laughs> the don't, don't bring it to my competition. It won't be in my competition this year. Two guys, three guys did it last year in my competition. So Came in, came in first, second, and third. Yeah, so they're, they're not going to be able to participate in your competition is what you're saying. Or they're going to have to learn how to do it on a, on a grill. You have to learn to do it on your PK. Wow. Like a man. That's pretty snobbish of you, Steve. Uh, David from Oklahoma, what do you think? <sighs> oh, he's think conflicted. I'm to, wow. I, 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 I'm about to throw up, but I have to say I agree with Steve on something. That <laughs> a baby. <laughs> I agree with him on the competition. Um, it, it, if you're heating it up, anyone can set a dial and throw some some rub on it. As far as sous vide in general, I am for sous vide for certain things. Um, warming up barbecue, definitely. Um, I warm up brisket that I've pre-cooked um, in the sous vide, and it retains a lot of moisture. It's fantastic. Uh, fish and poultry, for sure, if you want to get precise on cooking to the right temperature. You don't have to cook it up to 165 to be safe. You can cook it to 150 and leave it there for a amount of time, kill all the pathogens and bacteria, and have a much more uh, tender and juicy poultry. Um, but actually, believe it or not, for red meat, I'm not a big fan of sous vide. I think there are certain things that need the grill flavor from the beginning, um, and I do not like sous vide for my steaks. All right, uh, so stand by John and stand by me because we both have sous vide thoughts here. I'm sure I don't want to speak for John, but I'm sure he's got a thought or two. Sous vide, so stand by Stover, you stand by too. I want to talk to you quickly about the folks over at the Barbecue Guru. Longest running sponsor of the show, always believing that outdoor cooking should be easy because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time, temperature, and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Here's the deal. I tell you each and every week, if you already have an automatic pit temperature controller from the Barbecue Guru and you order a Monolith, because the fan is already built in, you don't have to buy a new controller. Don't worry. You can take your current controller, hook it up to the fan. You're off and running. If you want to upgrade that technology, certainly more than welcome to do that at that point. If you have any questions, give them a call, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit the website, bbqguru.com. If you have any questions, make sure you call them. They'll make sure you're out, up and running right out of the box. Uh, we are back with more Embedded Correspondence Holiday Edition. 
Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. If you are cooking and supporting Smithfield, you need to go over to smokingwithsmithfield.com and sign up for their Committed Cooks program. Or at least see if there are spots left. I think for twenty or twenty-five bucks, you get over a couple hundred dollars worth of Smithfield swag sent back in return. Again, that's smokingwithsmithfield.com. If you are cooking with their products, you want to also head back there because you can submit your first place's winnings in ribs and pork through that website as well. I believe not next week, but the week after that, uh, Belinda. Mm, Linda, the lady from Smithfield, whose last name I can't remember because she got married, will be on to talk about uh, the grant program winners, and we'll also be talking about uh, how many spots of the committed cooks are available, all that good stuff. So that's Smithfield again, smokingwithsmithfield.com. We're talking with the embedded correspondents here on a Christmas evening, and also Stover. Stover, do I need to make you a hmm? I need to figure out how I want to word this. Do I want to make you a Pacific Northwest embedded correspondent or an Oregon correspondent? Oh, you know I represent the entire West Coast, Greg. So be it. So be it. I'll tell you that my prior podcast, Greg. What uh, was that? Barbecue show. You were on a you were on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, back in the olden days, Uh, they actually have a West Coast correspondent. I, I was thinking. Don't I live on the West Coast? Yeah, but we actually need people that know what they're talking about. So I'll give you the top portion of that country, but we really need people that have some type of expertise. We're not just going to throw around titles willy-nilly over here. I mean, next thing you know, we're going to be giving titles to guys in Oklahoma for crying out loud. All right, so. I'll be the, the East Portland correspondent. East Portland? No. How about just the straight-up Oregon? <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Yeah, all, right, all right. Hey, you know, before before you get going, Greg, I want to hijack your show real quick. I have a new cooking method that I want you guys to hear about, okay. um, a new foodie trend. The competition guys are going to hate this. And I normally don't cook with gas, but here's how it goes. You take a ribeye, salt, pepper, and you squat over it, and you just fart. <laughs> and that's it. Bad idea. Bad idea. Stank meat. I don't want to answer for everybody, so we quickly go around the panel. Steve, stank meat, yes or no? No. John Solberg, yes or no on stank meat? No, stank meat. Doug Scheiding, yes or no on stank meat? No. David Huff, stank meat? Are you really asking this question? I guess I am. Wait, what did you say? Did you say no? And that's been another round of the lightning round. Wait. David, what did you did you say no? Yeah, I said no. Oh, okay. Oh my god. I thought you said yes. I was like, what? Like you are really just trying to buck the trend. Uh, oh, by the way, just Official so it's you, shithead title. <laughs> uh, just so we're aware, uh, uh, making it unanimous, I am totally and one hundred percent against stank meat. I will never be a stank meat believer. There's no way I would ever do that. Uh, all right, so we're being joined by Oregon correspondent Stover Harger the Third, Steve Ray, John Solberg, Doug Shining, 
and David Huff, uh, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Michigan, and Texas. Let me get back to my thing. All right, so uh, let me go back to you, John Solberg. We were talking about sous vide for or against, and it's raged quite a bit of spark on Instant Messenger, which we'll get to here in a second, too, but your thoughts. You know, if someone, I'm, I, there's lots of ways to get to Chicago. If, if someone can cook any way they want to cook, if you want a mindless, pointless, easy, <laughs> no skill required, no touching, no feeling, science has your back. You don't have to learn anything. You don't have to do anything. Sous vide is the way to go. It can be convenient. I think it's a handy tool. But I've left barbecue forums over the fact that people are barbecuing sous vide and calling it sous vide and it's like no that's not what the you know don't make it what it's not make it a tool for your kitchen use it and don't tell me you're cooking because you're not you're heating up some crap in a boiling bag you know i got some cauliflower steamers in my freezer i throw them in the microwave same difference there's nothing wrong with it i have a crock pot it's the same difference don't tell me you're cooking you're putting something in a bag and then searing it off so i uh, no, it's not. You know, no, no, no. Don't tell me you're cooking. I will get angry. Okay, <laughs> all right. Here we go. Let me go back around here. And if we have to be hypocritical and we're living in hypocrisy, which I love to do, make sure you're calling yourself out on it. Steve Ray, do you use some type of automatic pit temperature control device on your cooker? Yes. Okay. You should not be allowed in any barbecue competition at all because you're not cooking. Yeah. You're just setting that device, and it's doing all the fire management for you. I am, I am babysitting it. I am spritzing it. I am probing it. I am turning it. Wah. I am turning it over. Ugh. I'm checking it. In fairness, when I'm sous-viding my steak, I do put my hands on the bag and flip it over. And then put the top back on. It's the same well, thing. Well, I don't care what you do to yourself while you're sous vide, Greg. <laughs> it's it's just a different thing. All right. Well, I mean that's a, I mean it's a little hypocr- uh, hypocritical, it's isn't it, Steve? Not, look, look, no, it's not. Are, it's, are you it's, sure it's I not? I'm positive. Really? I don't care if you do it at the house. <laughs> I mean, you're plugging it in, right? And it's keeping everything together for you, so it's mindless, and you're not really doing anything. You're not managing no. that fire. That's the most important part. If we're talking about competition, I don't we, have a pellet smoker. Who, who cares? What's the difference? Are, are we going to talk about there's a difference between having a, a gravity-fed pit or a bullet-style smoker with an automatic pit temperature control device and a pellet cooker? There's no difference. Oh, yes, there is. No, there's absolutely not. You set a temperature on one, and that's it. That's it. so bad. We, we should outlaw it all. Let it all in or outlaw it all. I've or only offset. cook on offsets. That. There's uh, no difference between sous vide or running automatic pit temperature control devices or running pellet cooks. There's no difference. No, I d- yeah, I disagree with that, Doug. And I, I mean, sorry, Greg, and I'll tell you why. You can't overcook on sous vide. You set it at a temperature. You cannot go past that temperature. There's no skill in when to pull it out. Yeah, it manages and maintains the temperature for you, but the pit temperature control devices do the same thing. But you can overcook on with with a pellet smoker or pit. Uh, I uh, mean, pit control device. Now we're splitting the most feeblest of hairs. If you've gotten to a drunk stupor and you don't care about how much money you've spent on this competition, of course 
you could absolutely overcook. I could leave my ribeye steak in the sous vide cooker for seven days, and when I take it out of the bag, it's probably going to fall apart. So while it's not overcooked, you're probably not going to be able to eat it. I don't think any of you guys are going to make the error of letting your meat overcook. When you're not tending the fire, that's all you're there to do at that point is to make sure that you're not letting the meat overcook. But there's no skill in it. There's no more skill in doing that than there is me putting a steak in a sous vide machine or using a pellet cook. Well, come on over Saturday. We'll sous vide and microwave then. Well, big time. <laughs> well, you can overcook in a microwave. I think we can all agree on that. Especially hot dogs. Hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only place for them. <laughs> all right. Next question. Steve, we'll start with you. Air fryer, for or against? For what? I mean, just for, for heating up snacks? Sure. Yeah. I guess they're Steak cooking, uh, french fries, hors d'oeuvres, pieces of beef? I, I guess. I don't, I don't have one. I've never, I've never had one. I've got a... Uh, you got that big I've convection thing. Popcorn, a popcorn thing that's in heats air and pops popcorn. That's pretty good. I guess you could throw a hot dog down in there. So you don't My, have a you don't have an air fryer? No, oh. no. I don't have a sous vide either. Uh, John Solberg, for or against air fryer? Hey, I have lots of ways to get to Chicago. I I, <laughs> I would never own one because I just don't have counter space, and I I don't I don't really know how much of a multitasker it is. So I'm going to just go to the side of against because I got to pick a side. I, I I don't see the point. Stover, for or against air fryers? Oh God. Four. Why not? I don't want to be a snob, Greg. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to cook with an air fryer. First of all, I mean, you sound they like a snob, stupid. but okay. No, they look stupid. I, I just don't <laughs> know what it is. I don't understand it. I, and I'll, you know, I mean, if if you wanted to hear another fart joke, I could make one. I don't want to. But let me tell you, I'm not against anything that people want to do if they want to discover cooking. Like, why are we pushing people away? So you know what? Air fry your bird. If you want, let's do it. Send me an air fryer. Doug, uh, good air fryers. Pro or against air fryer? <laughs> Everyone knows I'm pro air fryer for the inside kitchen use. So yeah, I mean, air fry your wings and fries and Brussels sprouts and chicken and do it all. Do it all on the, on the air fryer. But hey, uh, I go back. Going back to the sous vide thing, you know, uh, if someone kicks your butt using sous vide on a steak, you need to up your freaking game and grill a better steak. Also, if the rules, yeah. also if the rules, I mean, we're all not like Steve who puts on his own competitions. He can make his own rules and uh, uninclude anybody he wants to. But if the rules otherwise don't not allow for a sous vide or some type of an electrical temperature device to be in there, it's all fair game. So if you're getting beat by somebody that has that, it's not that guy's problem. He's not the bad cook. Oh, no, I didn't say it was. He's following the rules, and that's fine. I'm just going to change the rules. But, yeah, but you think you're <laughs> – but I, I have an assumption, Steve, that you believe that even if the guy with the sous vide beats you in a steak competition, you feel you're the better steak cook than he is. Well, I am. But you didn't win, right? I mean, that's uh, what we're saying. I was cooking a real steak on a PK grill. <laughs> I wasn't heating it up in a plastic bag and then tenderizing it. But nobody's and breaking the rules. He's not can cheating. Can use a gas grill? Yes, yeah. of course. Sure, you can use a gas grill. Absolutely. I don't know why you would, but you can. 
Uh, all right, uh, David Huff, pro, uh, pro or against air fryers? I'm not against air fryers. I will never use one. I prefer just good old fat. Get a big old cast mm. iron, fill it up with whatever fat you choose, and fry your food in that. But I'm not against someone who wants to use an air fryer. Uh, I was a little weirded out by air fryers until my friend Doug Shiding said that they were pretty cool, and then we got one. And ah. I got to tell you, it's as close to regular lard frying as you can get i mean we use it a lot for uh tots or fries or you know hors d'oeuvre type stuff that might call for a deep fry otherwise and this thing is as close as you can get to a lard fry without having to put lard on your food it's just hot air it crisps it up really nice very convenient uh is it a small oven is it like a small oven uh, it's like a bit, it's like a smaller convection oven, I guess. Right, Doug? To a certain degree? Yeah. A forced convection oven yeah. uh, on steroids. Yeah. Okay. David, on a keto diet, this would be great. No, right. actually, keto wants the fat. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you don't want that. Um, the only detractor, which multiple people have mentioned here, depending on what we've been talking about, is it takes up counter space. Yeah. You know, I think... From a home building standpoint, maybe people don't put enough premium on putting as much counter space as you possibly can in any home that you get or adding onto it. Or maybe that's kind of the downfall. The more counter space you have, the more crap you're going to be putting on counters. But neither here nor there, I guess. Uh, Let's go to the next topic. Let's see. All right. Let's try this one. Why not? Doug Lumper Briquette. I am a uh, actually a lump guy, mm. and uh, listening to Meathead, he has steered me towards a little bit on the briquette side. Mm-hmm. Um, now, being you know because of it's a known source quantity of heat, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, uh, I don't like the foreign substances, and and yeah, I know it's probably little, but uh, I still don't like it. So. Uh, B&B actually has a lump briquette um, that's all natural. So uh, if I was going to cook with charcoal, I would like to try to cook with that. This isn't a lightning round, so I can say both. So, um, But if I had to choose between one or the other, I would say lump. David? Yeah, I've, I've preferred lump um, over briquette historically, but I agree with Doug after at least listening to Meathead. Uh, next time I cook on a charcoal grill, I might try briquette. Steve? Briquette all the way in everything I've got. PK, gravity feed. Um, I, I, I agree with Meathead. It's a known, it, it's, it, it, it's a known quantity. You, get your, you know your temperatures. You, don't have, you take the, uh, what if it bridges out of the equation? That's the problem I always have with a gravity feed. A lot of times you get a bridge in there. And um, all of a sudden, your temperature goes down, and you're running around trying to poke the um, poke the uh, 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 briquette, or not the briquettes, but the uh, lump charcoal down because you got a big air pocket in there. And with the briquette, you take that out of the equation. Uh, so I'm I'm 110 percent blue bag Kingsford. Keep it simple. Stover lump or briquette? Well, I have to agree. I want precision briquette all the way. Lump too big. We have problem with lump. <laughs> uh, sober. You know, we need to kill this even question. They're always similar products. 
they're, they have, they're two different things. They're, you know, it's like, why do I have to pick one? It's not, they're only similar. I'd like to say they're similar, but different. And I know that's not proper grammar. It's like, they're two different things. Why does this continue to go on in the community? You need them both. They're both a tool. They both have a purpose. Why do I have to pick one? Greg? Uh, well, because it's my show and I'm asking you to pick one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's your show. I got to pick one. They're, two, they're, they're, they're not the same thing. So I'm going with both. If you're going to put a gun to my head, I'm going to go with briquettes. Um, put that gun away. I agree with John, by the way. I think that they have a purpose. Um, I will prefer lump. If I have to choose one or the other, I will go lump because I believe while I am not necessarily a huge fan of the inconsistent peace formations and uh, how hot it can typically burn, although I am able to manage that a little bit better uh, for whatever reason than some people Briquettes are only going to be used for me if I break out the Weber Smoky Mountain. I'm going to be doing an overnight cook because I want the consistency. I want to know that it's going to burn the same way each and every time if I have a brisket or a pork butt on and it's going to go 10, 11, 12 hours, especially overnight if I'm not going to be around or available because I'm sleeping. Otherwise, I love lump. I think it tastes better. I think it burns cleaner. Uh, obviously, there's a considerable amount uh, of less ash that it's produced over the course of the burn cycle. And if I'm grilling, uh, I think it's a far superior product uh, than briquettes are. So I will choose briquette. I'm sorry. I will choose lump over briquette. But as I just mentioned, uh, I will use briquette on overnight cooks just because there is that consistency. Here we go. This is the big question of the day here for this segment. And we will quickly go around the panel. Starting with John Solberg, cilantro, for or against? You know, it is the widely most widely used herb on the planet, so I use it all the time, but I cannot eat it. What? You use it, it all the time, but you can't eat it? I cannot eat it. To me, it tastes like soap. It tastes exactly like soap. And there's other people in the world that have that same thing happens to them. But there's no way you can cook in this world and not use it. So I do use it. So you're eating it? Um, tasting it, but uh, no, I don't necessarily eat what I cook. I'm cooking for somebody oh, else. Oh, dear. But uh, you have to have it. It's always in their fridge. I am personally against it. Steve, cilantro. Uh, sorry, cilantro. Yes or no? No. No. Uh, David Huff, cilantro, yes or no? Uh, I like it in my Hispanic food. I do not like it in my Thai food. Doug, cilantro, yes or no? Absolutely. I'm from Texas. I'd love cilantro. Of course. And John, and John, you are what's called a super taster. There's a gene that people have where it, it actually makes it taste like soap to you. So because of that, you can't use it in competition cooking, but in regular cooking, mm. you know, for uh, you know, friends and family and stuff like that, add the cilantro. Stover, cilantro, yes or no? Twenty four seven. And John, I'm sorry for your loss because I don't know what my life would be like if I couldn't have cilantro in everything I eat. Coriander, cilantro, whatever you want to call it, I'm there. No soap for me. Uh, and I also echo those sentiments cilantro yes antro please often always pour it on let me bathe in it 
It's some of the best tasting stuff I've ever had. And what puts it over the top and what it hangs the moon for me is when Steven Reichlin is on PBS or whatever show he's on and that ingredient is called for in a recipe, he will do his best Giada de Laurentiis who talks <laughs> perfect, regular, normal human English. And when he gets to that ingredient, he does the, and then you take the cilantro. You know, Giada does the whole everything's English until it's something Italian, and then she, like, rolls the R's. Do you take the pecorino reggiano? Like, what the hell is wrong with this lady, aside from you know what? Anyway, cilantro has three for it and three against it, so cilantro is a draw. Wow. And I think that was coming. Or we got one more segment coming up. Stover's in. Steve Ray is in. John Solberg is in. David Huff is in. And Doug Scheiding is in. We're coming back with topics that may or may not include things like... I can tell the difference between the flavor of the pellets I use. But can you tell a difference in quality? Or, how about predictions for 2019? Still to come. It'll be talking to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention folks in the biz of barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products. Products? Products. Slow smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for all companies across the United States. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu too. All meats processed in that on-site USDA inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available, shipping nationwide via FedEx. You can also get them on food service distribution via Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new from scratch. They also have private labeling opportunities available as well. Here's what you do. You visit southsidemarket.com for all the information. If you're going to buy stuff online, be sure to use coupon code BBQCENTRAL. All one word, lowercase, saves you 10%. I tried it out last week. Worked like a champ. People actually emailing me over the course of the week because I guess people, aside from myself, sending Southside Market products for gifts and so forth, using the code BBQ Central to get that 10% off. So it does work. And people at Southside get to see that it's tracking. Kind of unique. Anyway, the website, SouthsideMarket.com. That's SouthsideMarket.com. 10% off when you use code BBQ Central. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this segment is brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. 
I wish I would have got that for Christmas, actually. Fireboard. Anybody on the panel have a fireboard? Anybody? Anybody? No? Stover? I have nothing. <laughs> well, that's somewhat sad, I guess. No, I have, a tra- I have my Traeger. I'm, I, you know what? I mean, I wait for people to send me stuff, you know? I've been waiting a long time. Hey, why not? Stover is joining us. Doug Shiding is in. David Huff and John Solberg and Steve Ray. Those are the embedded correspondents. All right, so uh, let's go, hmm, looking through the list of topics here. All right, let's quickly do this since we kind of jumped off on an old-timey topic of discussion, which is like sous vide, and then that raced into pellet or uh, pit temperature control. Let's do lighter fluid or not. Steve Ray, lighter fluid or not? Uh, yeah, it depends on what cooker I'm using. In my gravity feeds, no. In my PK, yes. I, I've never had a problem with it. Use it all the time in my grills. Not in my, uh, you know, not in my smokers. But uh, in the in the grill where it gets plenty of air and I let it, I start the, I start the uh, briquettes in the chimney. Uh, absolutely. That's how I started. John Solberg, grilling uh, lighter fluid, yes or no? Yes, I'm never without it. Do you and use it? There's lots of methods to light a fire, and I use all of them. All right. And it is one of those methods I use. And I think it's another myth. It goes back to 1972 when somebody's dad poured way too much on there and made their burger or hot dog taste like it that we need to work on killing off. I can't be the only guy. That stuff is everywhere. <laughs> Stover, gr- uh, lighter fluid, yes or no? This is what I thought was barbecue for the first uh, 30 years of my life was lighter fluid. Uh, I'm going to go no. I don't use it. It is a tool, like John said, and I think I wouldn't judge anyone uh, for using it. But I've seen it be overdone too much, and I don't trust it. David Hoff, lighter fluid, yes or no? Sure, I'm fine with it. I have a friend that will not eat anything if he sees someone start a fire with lighter fluid, and I just, that's over the top. Uh, lighter fluid's fine, whatever it takes to start the fire. Doug Shiding, lighter fluid, yes or no? No. Use a chimney. Uh, somebody want to ask me? Uh, uh, yeah, Greg, I, what do you think? Lighter fluid? No! No, 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 no. Stop it. You guys, how ashamed you must feel. To sit stop here and it. say, stop it, now you stop Wait it, it's my minute. time. You had all of your time to talk, now shut up, I'm on. You people are going to sit here and tell me that if you did stuff 30 years, you know, things change over 30 years, like these aluminum cans that you can put charcoal in, you can put a little paraffin cube or newspaper or Crisco-soaked paper towel or something underneath there and start it. Without any of that other crap in there, it's safe, it looks cool, it heats up quicker. I mean, come on, what are you doing? Stop What's in the putting... paraffin cube? Not lighter fluid. Uh-huh. It's it's completely healthy. You can pick up a paraffin cube and eat it. I believe on uh-huh. the bottle of uh, lighter fluid, you can ingest it. <laughs> right? Light, light right? one of those paraffin cubes on fire and see how much black smoke it produces right? compared to two or three ounces of lighter fluid. Okay, well, I'm just here to tell you, uh, A, I know you're embarrassed and you don't want to admit it, 
But lighter fluid is not the way to go. I am loud and proud on it. John, you're just doubling. I know. You're just doubling down. I get it. You have to do it for the show. But I know we all know that lighter fluid is not the way to go. And I'm going to buy all of you who are into lighter fluid charcoal chimneys. And if you don't want to use the paraffin cubes, you can use something way more natural like newspaper and light it. And away you go. Come on, guys. Let's get into the 21st century. I didn't tell you I didn't use chimneys. I have five or six chimneys of various sizes. Oh, you're pro lighter fluid. You said you said pro lighter fluid. You said I am pro lighter fluid. Okay, well I'm, that's I'm wrong. I'm also pro paraffin cube. I'm pro oh. tumbleweed. I got fat woods. I got big, what about big green egg starters? What's in those? Oh, they're fine. They work um, good. They work great. It's yeah. like so. What is wrong with three ounces of lighter fluid? We need to get out of the Stone Age and help people get into this sport and pastime. Lighter fluid is the Stone Age. It is the Stone Age. That's where the Stone Age started with lighter fluid. Though the the bad started in the Stone Age. It's time to try to get people into this more than say, hey, you're, you're doing this wrong. Talk about a snob. You're right. You know what? I want less people. Get the fuck out. Get out. You're using lighter fluid. Get out. You're banned from the show. You're banned from my podcast. You're banned from live fire cooking. And if I see you on the street, we're going to fight. Right, Stover? Cut his mic. Cut his mic, Greg. Right. Oh, my God. I am on fire. All right. uh, Let's go to 2019. Well, okay. Let's quickly do this. I don't, I don't know how many people gave any thought about this, but uh, over the span of 2018, because there's only a week left, did anything come up that caught you by surprise in the live fire industry or that was a trend in the beginning of the year that is spun downward out of favor that you didn't think was going to happen? Something along these lines. You quickly, one event that happened in 2018 that you saw good, bad, or ugly, and we'll start with Doug. Uh. The disintegration of KCBS. I really didn't <laughs> see that totally coming. Um, I thought they would pull their their bootstraps up and uh, get up, get the ship righted, and um, that's actually been a surprise to me. David Huff. Uh, that's actually exactly what I was going to say. So thanks, Doug. Hmm. Uh, Steve Ray. Uh, the there was a uh, incident at a uh, contest in a KCBS event, and the uh, punishment that came down was, I think, a two-year ban on a person from competing. And um, I, was a little, I was a little surprised at the harshness. I, wasn't, I was not privy to what exactly happened and what, what was said, what was not said, but I thought a, a two-year ban on competing for bad behavior was – uh, maybe a little, maybe a little harsh, but like I say, I was not privy to who was hurt, who was not hurt or how bad the person was hurt or how far it went. So I just, I just, I, I guess I thought the incident was, was surprising to me that, that somebody would, uh, take out a, a physical advance towards somebody at a barbecue contest after we've always talked about. Uh, family being friends first and foremost that I know, I know it can happen anywhere, not just barbecue, but uh, I was a little surprised at that. Stover, something that happened in 2018 that uh, you thought was cool, bad or indifferent. You know, I think we've reached a tipping point or we're very near it of competition, barbecue flavors. I think uh, we've all gone too far. 
Um, I don't like what's going on. I think it hurts my mouth when I've tried all that stuff. And I think we're going to go back to a lot more natural food, a lot more simple food, because uh, there's only so much salt and MSG you can put in your food. Uh, my surprise, and it's not necessarily a surprise, but I guess it is, the continued popularity and rise of just being visible to the American public of competition, stay cooking in general. Uh, if this is a segment of competition that has taken off more over the last 16 to 24 months than I have seen any other food sport take off. Everybody buys into it. Everybody thinks that they can cook a great steak. Uh, Whoever is doing their sanctioning bodies are capitalizing on that mindset. And I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe another sanctioning body or two enter in over the next couple of years. But you have uh, Steak Cook-Off Association, which is by far the biggest and the best right now. You have the American Competitive Steak Alliance or Association, which is in Columbus, Ohio here. And then you have whatever the KCBS is going to attempt to put together and, and compete with that. But, I mean, there's three right there, and five years ago there wasn't even one. Uh, so that continues to be a little bit of a, an amazing thing to me in a good way because I think that has – that. I don't know. I mean, let's quickly go back around the table. Uh, Stover, do you think that if push came to shove, you could see competition barbecue get swallowed up and kicked out by Steak Cook-Off Association or, or competitive steak cooking in general, yes or no? <clears throat> no, there's only so many ways to cook a steak. I think it's kind of boring. I think it'll die out. I think it's Ooh. fun because it's fast. But what we're really talking about to last is food and cooking in general. And when you're talking about such a kind of simple process, once they've refined it to the point they've refined it, where they re- literally tell you, you should have these tools to make it to win. Uh, I think it's, it's gone uh, and jumped the shark. Steve, do you think uh, competitive steak cooking could overthrow competitive barbecue? No, no, I don't. I think um, I think competitive barbecue is here to stay. I think steak cookoffs are riding a wave right now, and just like uh, barbecue did three to four years ago, uh, it'll even out um, once they get rid of the sous vide rule. That'll help, and uh, a lot of people will drop out after that because you'll have to actually be able to cook a steak to enter. So there you go. But um, no, it won't. It won't um, move uh, uh, barbecue. I, you know, I question why. Why uh, the KCBS even even entered the steak cook-off business? I think it's going to be a a flash in the pan for them. I really do. They need to. I think they need to concentrate on what they do best, and that's barbecue. David Huff, you think competitive steak could push barbecue up? In terms of popularity, in terms of participation, I actually absolutely do think that, and I'll tell you why. The cost of entry to a steak contest. I mean, you can get a grill. You can go up. There's a lot of people that cook steaks. Not everybody spends, you know, 10, 12, 16 hours in their backyard with the smoker um, smoking barbecue. Um, but I think the rules are more straightforward. Um, everyone's cooking a single steak, not different meats, less interpretation of, of what's good and what's not. I, I think it absolutely people will begin to participate more in a steak cook-off than they will a barbecue contest simply because of cost of entry, time involved, uh, and a lot of different factors. Doug, you seem to be shaking your head in agreement. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think uh, uh, competition barbecue is hard. You know, the number of people competing in competition barbecue is going down. I actually think steak 
um, is probably going to grow by another two or three times. I think there's going to be 10 times as many steak cookers because it's easy. We're an easy, lazy society. Competition barbecue is hard. There's going to be 10 times as many people cooking steak cook-offs as there there will be competition barbecue. And competition barbecue is going to continue to dwindle down. Uh, I agree with Doug. I think uh, competition barbecue is going to become some type of real special niche or cottage industry where the people that find the need to want to spend that kind of money will continue to do it. And uh, the other people will just go to competitive steak. Uh, you can literally get in a car with a charcoal chimney and some charcoal and compete and actually do pretty well in a state competition. Uh, you don't need big motorhomes. You don't need to feel like you're keeping up with the Joneses in order to feel like you have a shot. Uh, that's exactly the reason I would never even begin to think about entering a barbecue competition. A, it costs a lot of freaking money. And I don't think I have all the tools that I would need in order to, to be competitive. And I, if I go somewhere, I want to go to win. And I don't think I have a snowball's chance in hell to win any type of barbecue competition. But if I show up at a steak competition, I think odds are 50-50 I could go in and win. Why not? I mean, it's a couple steaks. I can cook a couple steaks, no doubt. Uh, grill, gas, sous vide, you name it. I think I have a shot at doing it, and I know I don't have a shot at winning a barbecue competition. All right, uh, let's quickly go around for 2019 predictions. Steve, let's start with you. Oh, let's see. Man, I've got this written down. Hang on just a second. Uh, KCBS yes. will announce that they will be allowing gas smokers and electric smokers in competition for 2020. Doug shotting if he cooks as rogue cookers. Yes. Win the Houston Livestock <gasps> in the barbecue contest this year. Look at that's a pretty bold prediction, Steve. I got to tell you. Wow. Look at you. Not as desired hand. And my third prediction, and I'm going to hit it hard this year, I will GC a KCBS barbecue contest. Book it. Now, the 20 Book it. How many? Karma. How many are you going to do? I'm going to do ten. Ten. All right. So you have a one in ten chance. I got a ten out of ten chance. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're doing ten, you I mean we're hoping you can pull one out of ten at least, right? Yeah, but it's still a ten out of ten chance. Yeah. Stover, uh, your thoughts for 2019? I think now that Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters is barbecuing, we will start to see all sorts of rockers barbecuing. I think you're going to see brisket being sold by Iron Maiden. I think you're going to see Guns N' Roses slinging chicken wings in Vegas. And I think all sorts of rockers will start slinging smoked meats. Uh, John Solberg, your 2019 thoughts? Uh, KCBS will continue its decline and be consumed by the SCA state cook-off competitions. Um, Steve Ray will not GC a KCBS competition wow. in 2019. Boom. <laughs> what? And David's Huff YouTube channel yep. may get some videos and see some traction. So I'm going to say Dave Huff's channel is going to finally get some traction. Nice. Uh, all right, David Huff, your thoughts? Hold on. I'm a little teary eyed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I have some bold predictions here. Um, first, I think KCBS will eliminate the decorating in their box. I think they're going to pull out the greenery. They're going to get rid of it and realize it's ridiculous. 
It's either in there or it's not. That's the worst part of the KCBS judging. Second, Greg, you had Michael Simon on. Yep. I believe by the end of 2019, you will have Bobby Flay on your show. All right. And finally, you're not going to get in, but Greg, you're going to make the list nominated for the Hall of Fame this the year. Nine, I feel the, it in my bones. The final nine? <laughs> yep. You're going to make the final nine nomination. Yeah, you're right. not going to get in, but you're going to make the nomination. I was almost in the Barbecue Wizard Hall of Fame this year. So, you know, I like my odds of potentially getting into the National Barbecue Hall of Fame. Um, I will. Banned. Yeah, I, we'll see. So, I don't really have any predictions. Um, I think. Here's who I would like to have on the show in 2019. Here we go. In no particular order. He, he was just mentioned a few minutes ago by Sto, uh, by SH3. Dave Grohl, I would like to have him on. Of course, hit while the iron's hot. Uh, nothing has panned out so far. Number two, this guy was also mentioned. I would love to have Bobby Flay on. Bobby, you're always welcome. We can talk horse racing. We both love horses first and foremost. Number three... Really good chance in real life and reality. Adam Perry Lang, I would like to have back on in 2019. Hopefully everybody's making notes here so we can see what my winning percentage is at the end. Number four. Come on. Come on. Ina Garten. Chances. Oh, man. This last one. Totally outside the box. But I have been inspired by the Instagram superstar that was on this show last week, Jack Arnold, who has somehow woven himself within the fabric of the Carolina Panthers. Now, if you were paying attention to that interview, I think he went over how he did that. However, I'm looking at 50 different things, and i got to be honest, Jack, I totally missed out exactly how you wove yourself in there. Maybe it was because some Panthers were watching his cooking, and, and that's how it... Nevertheless, in 2019, there's a very mediocre chance that you might see Baker Mayfield on this show. Baker Mayfield. Those are my thoughts for 2019. All right, we're going to wrap the show up right after this. Stick around as we talk to you quickly about Hold on, Doug. We'll be back in a second. We'll be back in a second. Jeez. It's a live show. We got time here. Traeger Grills. Behind every great meal is a great grill, but not just any grill. A Traeger grill, and the Timberline is Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level, thanks to the incredible wood-fired taste. Seriously, you don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger grills use all-natural hardwood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traegers can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check on your cooks, kick up temperatures, set custom cook cycles anytime, anywhere, all right through the Traeger app on your phone. In fact, I need to go check my brisket right now. Wait, hold on, i got to show it. Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online at TraegerGrills.com. How about this? Want to beef up that barbecue game in 2019? Traeger Shop Class is going coast to coast, bringing you barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Taught by professional pitmasters, you'll take home all the skills you need to reach barbecue glory. You can find a shop class near you and sign up today by going to TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. That's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. We are back with the final Embedded Correspondence segment. 
for 2018. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. Betty correspondence with me, John Dawson, weighing in with his 2019 prediction. Here it is. It's pretty funny, by the way. I predict that one of Greg's advertisers will take the time to actually update their ad reads. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> just one. Just one. John says he could read them all from memory. I could, too. I just hold it there because it's like my blankie, like Linus from the Peanuts. Uh, all right, Doug, go ahead. Okay. S- Steve, thank you for the uh, the the Houston rodeo, but it's so corporate that it's it's almost impossible for me to get in as road cookers. I tried a couple years ago, but uh, anyway. So, all right, my predictions. Tuffy had a down year. Tuffy is going to have a comeback year next year. Hmm. His his best friend and, from high school and culinary partner, France Berger. Did not participate with him this year due due to some scheduling conflicts. So he is going to be available next year, and I predict that Tuffy will have a much better year next year because of that. Um, number two, there's a new barbecue restaurant in Austin called Brett's Barbecue. He's a competition guy, does a lot of catering and, and things. He he will be on the map soon uh, as one of the top barbecue places in Texas. And even in Austin, competing against the likes of Franklin and Tootsie's, et cetera. He's actually located um, uh, between Louis Mueller's as well as Tootsie's. So he's he's almost equal equidistance for him. So he will be on the barbecue map in the near future is my prediction. Brett Boren is his name. Okay. Everyone knows, well, if, if you're an avid listener to the show, you know my thoughts about the wood. World Food Championships. Um, I've got two predictions about, as it relates to the World Food Championships. Moving to Dallas is going to be a fantastic move for them. Oh. They are going to get they are going to get IBCA cookers, just as Mike McLeod says. Um, I've already talked to a few, and now that they are in Dallas, people are planning on going. So they are going to start getting some some cookers. From IBCA, they only had 22 entries in the IBCA there in Orange Beach. It was dying a slow death. You know, and as Mike said, you know, I don't think he I I don't think he's going to get the hundred thousand in terms of, uh, you know, people attending and things like that. But he is going to get the barbecue cookers coming back in in a large way. Um, So as it relates to that. I think he's going to turn barbecue into a people's choice based on the last interview. You know, he talked about rivers and things like that. He's going to use barbecue to feed the general public that comes in the door. So that, I think, may be a a detriment to having people come. But for this first next year, he's going to have a lot of people cooking in the event. Hmm. Interesting. All right. uh, Anybody else have anything to add before we turn loose here this evening? Greg, I just want to say a very Merry Christmas to you and to your family, and thank you for uh, 
the opportunity of uh, showcasing my talents on the fourth Tuesday of April. <laughs> I really, I really of course. I did. Um, and I want to say uh, to Steve, John, and David, uh, Doug, and Stover, you know, I have a, uh, I mean, you guys are basically kind of, you know, uh, the majority of the inner circle and sounding board here at the Barbecue Central show. And for the folks that don't really know, uh, there's some other guys, uh, uh, whether you believe it or not, John Dawson is actually a fairly uh, pivotal guy that I like to, to sound stuff on because he's a, a yeah. pretty honest guy. Uh, like him, hate him, or uh, leave him in the ground bleeding. Um, and it's it's good to know that there's a core group of people that we can go back to and soundboard off of each other and pitch bits to and pitch show ideas. And uh, there's been a number of times when you guys have... Oh, now, hold on a goddamn minute. It's getting all good, and then, uh, you know, you got that happening. I hit the wrong wrong button. How did that happen? I took top of the hour out. All right, whatever. So um, it's great to have a a good core, uh, and a lot of people don't see it. You know, this is a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. There's a lot of chats that are going on every day, a lot of emails that are transpiring, a lot of instant messages, a lot of shared Google documents uh, trying to put stuff together here. I think everybody that is on the phone right now has booked uh, one, at least a minimum of one guest here on the show over the course of uh, the time they've been associated. So, uh, you know, I want to take uh, make sure that I take time to extend my utter thanks and gratitude to each and every one of you guys uh, that help make the show better, um, whether you think you are or you're not playing as bad. I mean, trust everybody's playing a very big role in helping the show grow. And uh, we look forward to what 2019 has to offer, what you guys are going to be bringing to the table, uh, some adjustments that I may or may not be making to the show. And uh, we'll continue to, to press forward and trying to continue to be the leader in whatever barbecue show, podcast, whatever it is. So we'll continue to try to lead the way here and make the right changes and cover all the topics and not be afraid to ask the right and the hard questions and demand answers. So, uh, gentlemen, Steve, John, David, Doug, Stover, appreciate the time this evening, and we will talk to you, as they say, next year. There they are. <laughs> hate when people say that. We'll talk to you next year. All right. This is Jennifer Pollan. Thank you, Jennifer, for the ID. And this is Barbecue So we'll go ahead and wrap it up all the way back in the first hour. It was embedded correspondence segment talk, right? Of course. So it was in the second hour. A great Christmas evening. A great Christmas evening. Hopefully you found enjoyment here as we were picking the brains from uh, a bunch of random barbecue folks. Absolutely spectacular. Great time. Again, appreciate all the embedded correspondents carving time, especially on this night, Christmas night, for doing the show. Uh, Still a little up in the air on what's going to be happening next week during the New Year's Day show. Again, I would bet more on a best of, but we'll see how it shakes out. I will keep you updated. Follow me on social media if you want to at BBQ Central Show. On the Twitter, at BBQ Central Show on Instagram. Uh, that will give you your quickest updates. Uh, also on Facebook, slash BBQ Central Show. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas today, if you're celebrating that. If not, and your holiday hasn't happened yet, I hope you have a great one when you get to it. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And until the next live show, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. 
Good night now.